welcome, sons and daughters of God. It's a joy to be able to come together on this Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday and worship together. Thank you for allowing us to come and be with you today, and we thank you for taking time to be with us. As I said, this is the Reign of Christ Sunday, the last Sunday of our church year, a Sunday in which we remember that Christ is our King and Sovereign. But we also will hear how Jesus the King will show up in some pretty surprising places and pretty surprising ways. So let's get ready for worship, maybe light a candle where you are, ask God's Spirit to come and surround you as you uh, begin to worship, and let us prepare for worship as we hear our reconciliation ringers offer the prelude.
O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. O God, we come before you to confess that we have not always lived as if you were ruler and sovereign of our lives. Far too often we have failed to recognize you as you come in the guise of the least of our brothers and sisters. We have heard the cries of the hungry and been too busy or preoccupied to do something about it. We have heard the pleas of the needy and walked past them. Or we have known of the sick and imprisoned and not cared for them. Forgive us, O God, and implant compassion deep in our hearts. Set before us again the ministry and message of Jesus, which sought out the outcast and the oppressed and treated them as important members of your holy family. In his name we pray. Amen. Beloved, we are God's children, and Jesus, our King and Ruler, opens the door to us. Through Jesus, you are forgiven. By Jesus, you are welcome. In Jesus, you are called to rejoice. Let us live in the abundant flow of God's reign of love with joy, hope, and thanksgiving. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. pray together. O God of power and might, your Son shows us the way of service, and in him we inherit the riches of your grace. Give us the wisdom to know what is right, and the strength to serve the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from the first chapter of Ephesians. In this passage, God is praised for revealing ultimate divine power and raising Jesus from the dead. The resurrected, exalted Christ is Lord of both the church and the entire universe, now and in the age to come. A reading from Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, 
Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus doesn't want people to treat him differently than they treat everybody else. He wants them to treat everybody else as they would treat him. I heard a preacher say that this week, and when I heard it, I had to just stop a minute and really think about that. I don't think I've ever heard this passage from Matthew being presented in such a succinct manner or as clearly as that. We read this passage on what we call the reign of Christ Sunday. It is the last Sunday of our church year. Oftentimes it is referred to as Christ the King Sunday. And I also learned this week that this Sunday is not part of an ancient Christian tradition, but rather, following World War I, Pope Pius XI instituted this festival day in 1925 in hopes that a world that had been torn apart by war would see in Jesus a humble king and that his humility would offer a, a, a difference from all of the things that cause war and division and strife. But I'm afraid that the idea of Jesus being a humble king did not stick around very long. We church folk like to, to think about Christ as, as being king in a, in a royal, in a, in a regal fashion. Like that part in Matthew's gospel this morning where it says that, that he will come in, in his glory with all of his angels and will be seated on the throne where light will flash with dazzling brilliance. Or in that passage we heard a few moments ago from Ephesians that Christ is seated at God's right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Wow, wow, that is quite an image that we have for Christ, our King. And when I hear that kind of image being expressed, it, it, it recalls to mind that old familiar Sunday school song. He's got the whole world in his hands. 
everything and everybody from the itty-bitty baby to you and me, brother and sisters, he's got it all in his hands. That's the way we like to think about Christ as our king. But of course, that image of Christ Jesus means that we think about him as being above and beyond everyone and everything. And certainly, we are going to treat him differently than we do everybody else. And part of our tradition means that we actually should do that. Of course, we should. But that is only a part of who Jesus is. It's only part of who he wants to be for us. It's only part of the story that we hear today from Matthew. We not only have the royal and regal Jesus, but we also have the homeless Jesus and the sick Jesus and the imprisoned Jesus and the hungry Jesus and the naked Jesus. Jesus in the least and the lost and the broken and the wounded. Jesus in the ugly places that we don't want to go to. Jesus in the faces that we have trouble offering a smile to. Because Jesus like that makes us feel much more uncomfortable. It's hard for us to, to really get our, our heads and our hearts around Jesus like that. So maybe it would help us if we thought about it this way. A lot of our spiritual life is talking about how we long to know Jesus, to experience Jesus in our lives, to, to trust and have faith that, that he is close to us. And when we think about Jesus being high and lifted up, it sometimes makes that possibility a little more difficult. We are getting ready to change our seasons in the church year and and we're moving into Advent, which is that season of anticipation, that season of expectation of his coming. And then, of course, we will move right into Christmas where we celebrate his birth among us. But maybe we ought to just stop for a minute and remember how the story goes, that story that we love to celebrate so much. Where was Jesus born? In a barn. Where did he sleep? In a feeding trough. Who were the first people to hear of his birth? 
those guys working the night shift, those working class shepherds out on the hillside with their sheep. And so as we celebrate Christ's birth, we celebrate the fact that He is Emmanuel, God with us. Which means that God in Christ chooses to enter into the rough and tumble of human life. So it is not just God with us, it's God like us. In today's story in Matthew, Jesus reinforces that, that whole idea. It's like he's saying, Look, if you haven't been paying attention up to now, this is what it boils down to. I don't want people to, to treat me differently than they do everybody else. I want them to treat everybody else like they would treat me. Because each and every one of them is a human being. A child of God, created in God's own image, just like you and just like me. And so he's telling us that when we look into the face of another person, we are looking into his face. Especially the face of the homeless Jesus. The imprisoned Jesus, the hungry, the sick, the naked Jesus. He is telling us as we care for them, He is the one receiving our care. So it's not just the fact that He has the whole world in His hands. He has also put the whole world into our hands. And we all know so clearly that right now that whole world is a pretty scary place. We're all frightened of COVID, of what might happen as the election unfolds and, and, is, and is completed. What's going to happen in the, in the months to come? We're worried about the economic stress that, that so many people are already having and that probably won't get a whole lot better until the pandemic clears. There are an awful lot of people who are who aren't as concerned about the end of the world as they are about the end of the month. And then add to all of that the fact that our hearts are breaking because we won't be able to, to celebrate the holidays with our family the way we always have. So being told that Jesus puts the whole world into our hands is probably not the most comforting message that we want to hear 
right now. But maybe there is a lot more comfort in it than we might realize. Jesus the Christ might put the whole world in our hands, but He holds it with us. And He's hoping that we will come to see that our life of faith is not based solely on on wanting to be close to Jesus through prayer or worship or even what we profess to believe. He's telling us that we can be close to Him anytime we want by how we treat another person. And that we can experience Him whenever and wherever we remember that He is found in the actual bodies of our neighbors, especially those most broken and lowly. And so maybe this year, because the world and living in it is so scary, that we need to know that we can be close to Him through our neighbors, and it may be important for us to realize just how close He is through our neighbors. I especially appreciate what Pastor Sean Eckberg wrote in his blog this week. He asks, suppose we heard Jesus' words in our own time. It might sound something like this. Then the king will say to those at his, at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was shut out from the world, and you gave me a phone call. I was walking through the store, and you greeted me, not knowing how desperate I was and how close to a breakdown I was because I was so lonely. I was a stranger. And you didn't avoid me. I posted a political preference. And you didn't attack me. I was afraid of getting sick. And you were too. And so we shared that burden together as we talked through it. I felt like I've been in prison in my home and you sent me a note to let me know I'm still loved. Jesus is telling us I am that person behind the mask. I am that person in the hospital struggling to breathe and I am that nurse Caring for that person. I'm the one who's hungry because I lost my business. Just treat them the way you would treat me, and you will know the joy of my life in yours. And clearly, 
joy is what we need right now. And maybe he's trying to help us see that as we care for one another, as we care for the least and the lowly, and we come to know his joy through our caring, then that joy will help us begin to see that the world is not quite as scary and that our fear is not quite as strong as it used to be. Yeah, we like to think of Christ our King as all everything, all knowing, all present, all powerful, and so on. Jesus on the throne above every power and authority. He's got the whole world in his hands. But today Jesus surprises us by inviting us to see him and to know him and experience him in places we least expect. Inviting us to realize that he is who he has always been, a servant king. In fact, the ne very next verse after this passage is where Jesus tells his disciples, it's time to go to the cross where he gave himself completely because he loves us so. He places the world in our hands so we may serve as he served. And as we do, we can begin to experience the joy of treating him no differently than anybody else and treating everybody else the way we would treat him. Amen. May it be so.
Peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Peace be with you. God's, God's peace, peace be, be with, with you. you. On this last Sunday of the church year, let us pray to see God's reign in the church, in the world and with all in need, responding to each petition with the words, in mercy, receive our prayer. Great God, we praise you for sustaining the church through another year of grace. Continue to shepherd your people with your tender care. Sustain the social ministries of the body of Christ and increase ecumenical sharing of opportunities for ministry. You are the great and holy God. In mercy, receive our prayers. Bring peace to every place where conflict rages, that your reign may be honored throughout the world. Be with the people of Armenia, Ethiopia, and Hong Kong. Bless the work of the United Nations and of agencies that promote the well-being of all peoples. You are the great and peacemaking God. In mercy, receive our prayers. Bring a peaceful inclusion to the American national elections. Bless all the newly elected officials with a love of concord and a desire for justice. Turn us away from historic prejudices and show us your image in each of our neighbors. You are the great and reconciling God. In mercy, receive our prayers. Visit American homes on Thanksgiving Day when we are separated from loved ones. Embrace us with your care. Keep gatherings safe. Even in our reduced celebrations, give us voices to offer thanks to you for your perpetual blessings. You are the great and generous God. In mercy, receive our prayers. We beg you to end the, the Earth's pandemic. Bring healing to the millions 
who are suffering from the coronavirus. Any who are sick, dying, despairing, isolated, unemployed, and all exhausted medical workers. Guide researchers in developing a vaccine. You are the great and healing God. In mercy, receive our prayers. Show your loving power to all who are in need. Equip us to feed the hungry, to provide clean water for the thirsty, to welcome the stranger, to clothe the naked, to care for the sick, to visit the prisoners. We pay, pray especially for Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Linda Duffus, Sam Green, Alberta Holden, Hank Maser, Dave Riggs, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Shirell, Roger Strong, Bob Stroud, Matt Serac, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, and those who are in our hearts and on our lips. You are the great and gracious God. In mercy, receive our prayers. We appeal to you, sovereign God, we who are like both the sheep and the goats, and we ask that in compassion you will hear the prayers of our own hearts. You are the great and loving God. In mercy, receive our prayers. Receive our prayers, O triune God, Father of glory, Lord Jesus Christ, and Spirit of wisdom, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, we welcome you to this time of worship, and we hope that as we have worshiped together, this may feed you in the days ahead as we look forward to celebrating Thanksgiving and all the blessings God has given to all of us. Because of the Thanksgiving holiday, the office will be closed uh, the 26th and 27th. Certainly, you may call and leave a message, and we'll be checking messages throughout the weekend. We will have one service uh, outdoors this Sunday at 1045 if you choose to join us then. We, uh, again, as we've done in the past, ask you to bring uh, your chair and a mask, and we will provide everything else. But we look forward to greeting you this Sunday at 1045.
Now please hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now. And God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life. And so we go about our days trusting that God will continue to bless us and keep us, that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. peace, serve your neighbor. Thanks be to God.